When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this that who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, worship team. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to Wellspring. I am Jensen Kalua. I'm, one, I'm part of the preaching team here. Um, all the pastors are gone right now, except for Pastor Dan. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we're filling in right now. I have a question, though, Uncle John. The, the women have Friday. What's the name of the men's group? Men's group. Uh, we're thinking about it. <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> uh, well, you know what I love about Wellspring is there's so many different ways to connect, and we're part of a small community that's part of a greater community. So uh, welcome. And um, last week, Pastor Rebecca started a series on that Pastor Cheryl labeled Stop, Luke, and Listen. And we're going to be going through the book of Luke and listening to what Jesus has to say and how others listen or not listen as well. Um, one thing that really stood out to me in Pastor Rebecca's sermon last week was the faith of the centurion as found in earlier, the earlier part of Luke 7. And it's, it's interesting to see how Jesus heard the prayer of the centurion through his servant and not just through, not face to face. And I really like the fact that God hears our prayers regardless of if we're praying out loud, praying in our hearts, or we're just coming to him in brokenness. And so today, I pray that we have ears to hear his voice and a heart to receive his word for us. Funny, funny that you asked me to talk about listening, because if, uh, if you know me, a lot of you know that, some of you know that I have a hearing problem, like a pretty bad hearing problem. Um, 
kicked in with some ADD and I have a hearing and listening problem as well. <laughs> Knowing this, when I was living on the Big Island 20-something years ago, we had this, um, well, we had two evangelists come with their healing crusade, and I wanted to go get my hearing healed, my, my hearing problem healed. But I went to one, didn't work. I, I, I know it was sincere. I saw people healed, and God had other plans for me. Um, but we went to this other one, and I, I went there just to be a part of, you know, this, this great worship. And I know this guy, or his name was Hans. I forget his last name. It's probably Solo or something like that. <laughs> um, but at the end of it, I mean, we're seeing people healed. Like, no doubt about it. I saw people healed, and I, it was a great time. At the end of it, he has a word from the Lord. And he said, there's someone here that has a hearing problem. And he needs, he needs prayer. He's been having a hearing problem since his young days, and I don't want to go up because I know he's going to, I got to walk in front of everybody. And my fear was I cannot hear him after he prays for me, and I don't want to make him or God look bad at all. (laughs) So I'm like, no. And so he's like, there's someone here. Nobody raises their hands, probably because they never heard him. But um, (laughs) my friend elbows me, and then... I'm not responding, and he points to me like this. And I said, well, the young man, and I have my eyes closed and everything. He said, the young man, he's calling what I'm wearing out. He's like, the young man dressed in this and this and this. I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's talking about me. (laughs) I get up there. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. I need prayer. I'm the only one up there. So he prays for me, sticking his finger in my ear, (laughs) rebuking the spirit of deafness. And he had big fingers, too. And I'm like, that's not going to fit in my ear. And so he's yelling in my ear, and I think my hearing problem got worse after that. <laughs> but he does the standard thing after he prays for someone with uh, a hearing problem. He stands behind me, says, repeat after me. He says, Jesus. I said, Jesus. I'm like, I know this. I saw this before. He's going to keep saying Jesus. That's all I got to say. He said, come on, take a few more steps. Jesus, Jesus. He whispers, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm far away from him now. I'm like, way, I'm at the altar. He's behind the church. And he asked me a question. I didn't hear anything he said. And at that moment, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to make him look bad. I'm going to make God look bad. All the people got healed. They look like they're just faking it right now. And then I'm like, at that moment, I'm like, all I got to say is God is good. Woo! And everybody shook. Everybody praised the Lord, and they clapped. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. And I walk back to the seat, and my friend's like, you didn't hear what he said. I'm like, no, I didn't. So 20-something years later, I'm talking about listening to Jesus. So in the, in the passage in Luke 7, verses 36 to 50, we see the Pharisees, and they've been trying to set Jesus up for a while now. They're, they're trying to catch him to see if he really does have authority, if he really is who he says he is, if he can do what he says he can do, or they, they, they just don't believe and we see here that they invite Jesus to his table. A Pharisee invited Jesus to his house. And he's sitting back reclined. And they're just chilling, having dinner and all that. Probably a men's group <laughs> on Friday night. And their women are having Friday someplace else. But uh, <clears throat> he's invited to this house. And um, the Pharisee who saw him said, if this man were a prophet, he would know what's going on basically right now. At this time, a woman is coming in, weeping, broken, 
crying and, and, and sitting at the feet of Jesus or laying at the feet of Jesus and just bearing it all. And they say, if this man is a prophet, he would know who she is. And when they say who, they're not talking about her name. They're talking about what she's done in her life. They're talking about her flaws while they're beating their chest and saying that they're all good and acting like they're all good. And they said they wouldn't know who this is. And Jesus goes on to talk to them about, um, talk to them in the parable. And what I don't understand here is how deaf the Pharisees were that they didn't even recognize that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was right there sitting with them and hanging out with them. The Savior of the world, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the Word of God, God in flesh, right there. And you, you go back to 30 years before that, the world was rejoicing in the birth of Jesus. There's all these miracles, and they still don't get it. They still do not get it. Question I have, and a reflection question here. Are you able to clearly discern God's voice? In what ways has God spoken to you? And you can also look at a reflection there. I can be a better listener by. The Pharisees were not devoted to knowing more about the Lord. They, they wanted a conquering king that will come and overthrow the Roman government and reestablish their kingdom. They, they didn't care about their souls at that moment. They cared about looking good. They cared about being built up versus being broken down and rebuilt. In order to hear and listen to his voice, we must devote our time with him. We must develop our relationship with him. Jesus said that my sheep know my voice. And the first point there is the Pharisees were deaf to Jesus' voice. They were deaf to his voice. I know there's moments in all of our lives where, in which we're going to give in to maybe the wisdom of men. We're going to want to hear what so-and-so has to say first, and then maybe we'll kind of incorporate God if it fits what our belief is. Or the popular phrase for many years is, I'm going to follow my heart. Jeremiah says that above all else, the heart is deceitful. Hearing God's voice. The Bible says in Psalms that his voice is like thunder. It shakes the foundations of the earth. And also it says that he has a still and quiet voice. In other words, God speaks to us in many different ways. So it's up to us to discern, to know him more, to understand when he does and does not talk to us. Kimmy and I went on a mission trip 22 years ago to Japan, and we weren't, we weren't together at that time. And it was at that moment, I'm, we're like brother and sister, we're, we're super close and I kind of had some feelings for her, but the pastor that took us there, he's like, oh, what's up with you and Kimmy? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, why are you asking me that? We're going on a mission trip right now. He's like, oh, you got to tell her how you feel for her. I'm like, I don't even know how I feel for her right now. <laughs> and then he's like, well, if you're a true brother, you're going to tell her how you feel for her and see how it works out. I'm like, pastor, we're going on a mission trip right now. <laughs> Different kind of mission. <laughs> so he's like, nah, God will tell you when that time is. Okay. So I didn't want to do it during the ministry time. We finally, at the, the end of our stay there, we had a night where we were free, and we're just hanging out. And I, I did this one thing where I was messing with this bald guy, 
that um, we had, there's big bugs in Japan, by the way. So he was scared of bugs. He's just crazy, big wave surfer, but he's scared of bugs. So I would like play with his ear with a piece of grass and, you know, really ministering to people there. <laughs> and he would slap his head at 1,000%, like really cocking back and boom. And then he had handprints all over his head from slapping his head. And he realized it was me, so he started chasing me, and I'm laughing at him. I choke on a bug. <laughs> in the middle of dying, Kimmy comes and says, oh, good for him. <laughs> no empathy, nothing, no sympathy, no love. And I'm like, what? I almost died. <laughs> and then so... Later on, I, I asked one of her friends to go and get her from the dorm so I could confront her. And I'm like, you know what? And she's like, what? I'm like, oh, we're by ourselves right now. Nobody else is around. I think this is the God moment right now. I say this, my feelings for you have changed. I kind of proposed her in the same way too. I don't even know how it worked. And she's like, what? I'm like, I love you in a different way. Like, I love you more than a sister. And she shuts me down in Japan. I was like, I don't think that was God's voice. <laughs> I went to the pastor knocking on his door while he was doing his hair. And I'm like, bro, you set me up. You set me up. He's like, I told you when God told you. I'm like, yeah, but I thought God was telling me no. I wasn't even worried about it. <laughs> 22 years later, here we are. So it can be clearly, it can be easy to hear God's voice. Or maybe it was, it was that moment, but God just wanted to have a chuckle at me. But it's important in other decisions in life to understand, to discern, and to really know what his voice is and what he is saying to you and what he's calling you to do. Second point, Jesus hears the brokenness of this woman. Verse 38 says, as she stood, at his, uh, stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. She used her alabaster box, which was something that was precious to her. I can't imagine her saying, oh, this, the, the Lord is here. I need to get to him. And this is what I have to offer him. Precious alabaster box made out of marble. Probably her most prized possession with perfume in there. And she comes to him broken. How she is, whatever she's been through. And she falls at his feet. And the Bible says that she was behind him. She was at his heels Falling, wailing, weeping, broken, crying. Her tears are falling all over his feet. And he's still talking to the Pharisees, by the way. They're still trying to get, they're try, still trying to catch him. And she's at his feet. She's broken. She pours her perfume on his feet. She, she's wiping his feet with her hair. That kind of brokenness is what I know I need in my life at times. It's customary to have, when you have someone over, especially in high regards, to wash their feet as they enter the house because 
they never had Jordans or anything like that back in the day. They had sandals, and usually those roads that they worked, they walked on was traveled by animals, so you know they stepped in some stuff too. And it would be customary to wash their feet. And she skipped the water. She skipped everything. She uses her perfume, her tears, and her hair to wipe his feet. It's crazy to see that in the coming years or days or months that Jesus will be broken down for her in a similar fashion, crying for the sin of the world, laying his life down, broken so that she can have eternal life. Jesus listened to her cries. Question here, a reflection here. I am desperate for God in this area of my life. Jesus goes on to say in verse 47, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. He confronted the Pharisees like, I came here as soon as I sat down. This woman has not stopped, not stopped crying. She, she has not stopped worshiping me and cleaning my feet. You've done nothing. You're only worried about yourself. You're only worried about what you are trying to get out of this. We live in a broken world. We live in a world in which the enemy does indeed try to steal, kill, and destroy. God says that he has overcome that, that we are more than conquerors, but along the way, we have battles, right? We have battles. We see Jesus battling on our behalf as well. For our family, I know some of you guys know this, it's been a rough couple of weeks for us. Um, Kimmy, two weeks ago, I've been, has been diagnosed with uh, metastatic breast cancer. She has three tumors. And we found that out actually sitting in service two weeks ago during worship. While the song, Do It Again, was playing, she gets the update from Kaiser, and we're just reading it, weeping, crying at that moment. Being honest... At that moment, I'm like, no, God, why? Why? You know, I know many more people that deserve this instead of her. I, just being raw, myself included. Why, God? Desperation kicks in. We need you more now than ever, God. We need you now. We're still healing from my mom passing away from cancer a couple years ago, and all that happened. My kids, especially, when they found out, that was the most broken I've seen them. But God hears those cries. Amen? God hears the cries for brokenness. God hears the cries for Auntie Clara. God is not finished yet. God is greater than all these things. God listens to us. And in these two weeks, I got to say, many praise reports. God has been answering all these small prayers that we've been praying for Kimmy specifically. People at Kaiser, she's at Kaiser Hospital. She has a great doctor there. Her friends are the ward clerk in that area or when she had to get her scans. Her friends are working there. Her friends are checking in on her, praying on her, praying for her. Come alongside, other people have come alongside now. And if you know her job, she works for hugs, right? <laughs> for kids that have these illnesses, how fitting is that, that she can now get to that level with them? and understand exactly what those families are going through. 
God knows what he's doing. Amen. And this is not just for us. It's not just for Kimmy's story or our story. But this goes for the same for all of us. God hears our brokenness. Don't be ashamed. Don't worry about it. Have that faith that God wants to love you where you're at. That God, no matter what you've done, he's going to forgive you. He's going to build you back up. I can't imagine what this woman is going through. She has to enter a Pharisee's house. The town just looking at her like with judgmental eyes and just seeing who she is. They probably don't even know her name. They just know what she does, what kind of life she's had. She's coming there with her jar, with her brokenness, and she gives it all to Jesus. And Jesus hears the brokenness of this woman as well as the brokenness of our lives. Point number three. Jesus listened to the worldly accusations of the Pharisee, and he responded with a heavenly pardon. He listened to the worldly accusations of the Pharisee and responded with a heavenly pardon. I titled this sermon, Now Listen to This, because when you're talking with someone, you can kind of tell the news that they have, now listen to this. Like, I can imagine the Pharisees saying to one another, now listen to this. See what this guy has to say about this woman. See, see what Jesus is gonna, how Jesus is going to answer. Now listen to this. And Jesus ends up saying, now listen to this, to them. <clears throat> he says to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, there's another, now listen to this, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. As far as I know, according to whatever is recorded in this story, she didn't ask him for forgiveness. She didn't say, Lord, I've done all these things in my life. Partly, she didn't have to because there was, the Pharisees were saying it for her. But he heard her heart. He, he noticed her brokenness. He took notice. This story was so important that throughout the millions of stories throughout history that have been, that has been God-ordained, this story is in the text that we're reading. We don't know her name. We know what she did. We know that she was a sinful woman. But we do know that she came before God broken. And Jesus heard that. Jesus heard her brokenness. Your faith has saved you. He wasn't worried about healing her physically. He wasn't worried about that. He was worried about healing her spiritually. And I guarantee you that she listened to him. And I love what he said at the end of that. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. 
The Bible doesn't say how she got up, how she walked out. But I can't imagine at the end of the dinner, at the end of all of this, she gets up, burden lifted, she's stripped of every bad deed that she's done in her life, and she's walking out with her head held high, not with her chest pumped out or anything, but her head held high because this burden has been taken from her. Jesus says, go in peace. I give you my peace. I give you my peace. Not as the world gives, but as I give. Not no false sense of security, but a sense of forgiveness, a sense of empowerment. Can you imagine she came in shame and she left with the dignity of Christ? How many of you need that kind of peace in your life? What areas in your life could you experience this peace? And I think I deleted that. Uh, I think I deleted that other. Number four. I still on a Word doc and I deleted something by accident. But um, I need Jesus' peace for. <clears throat> I just absolutely love that. The Pharisees' jaw dropped. And they, they even questioned right before that, who is this guy that he can forgive sins? We saw all the other things that he did, but he forgives somebody his sins? Who is he? And she just walks away. I guarantee, I'm willing to put money on it, that her life was changed. That she did a 180, head held high, and she began to tell other people that you guys don't have to live this way. That we were under oppression by all these religious rulers, but now we have somebody who wants to have a relationship with us. Come to Christ. Come to the Messiah. Come to Jesus. He will forgive you of all these sins. He listens to your heart. He probably heard your prayers already. He, he's ready to forgive you. He's ready and willing to forgive you, to set you free, to give you peace, to live the life that you're called to live that is not held down by anything that the world has to say, anything that, that is um, holding you tight. You are set free, and who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? Well, I encourage you all to listen to the voice of God. I also encourage you to be a good listener to those that are broken out there. There's, a, there's this security guard that used to work at Windward City Shopping Center a long time ago. And I, I see him all the time. We, we, we say hi to each other and, and all that. And it was real cordial. I felt like God said to go and tell him that he is loved. I was like, can I just say he's loved by you versus he is loved? Uh, so I go up to him. I say, I don't know what you're going through, but I do know that I need to tell you that you are loved by God. Your love, I don't know you that well. In fact, I don't even know your name, but you're loved by me as well. And he broke down and cried right there in the middle of a parking lot. And there's a security guard and I'm just holding my bag of groceries that's getting heavy at that point. <laughs> that's before we went back to paper bags. So you try to hold as much as you can on your arm, yeah? Um, <clears throat> and it's just that moment. I, I honestly never had a relationship with him, but I had to tell him that. And he said, thank you. I needed to hear that at that moment. 
He didn't, he didn't elaborate on what he was going through, but that's all he needed to know, that, that he was loved. There's a hurting world out there that needs to know that they are loved, that needs to know that someone hears and someone cares. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before you, and I know some of us have been going through a lot. Some of us might be doing okay. But no matter where we are, Lord, I pray that our ears will not be deaf to your voice. That we would understand and discern when it is that you speak to us. I pray, Lord, that just as this woman came in brokenness and, and just as she was, that we will come to you in these times of heartache, of trials, of tribulation, of challenges, Lord. May we seek first you, your kingdom, and your righteousness. Lord, if there's big decisions that anyone here has to make in life, I pray that before they go to anyone else, that they would seek your face. And that you provide answers to them. <clears throat> Lord, I pray for a peace in our lives. I pray for a healing in our lives. Lord, I pray most importantly for salvation. If there's anyone here that doesn't know you right now, Lord, I pray that you would put it on their heart to respond to you. I pray that you would, that you would open up their eyes to see you for who you truly are that they will hear your still and quiet voice saying to them that you love them. So I pray for spiritual healing. I pray for physical healing as well, Lord. Help us to never miss the moment in which you show up, Lord. Help us to acknowledge those times. Help us to live the life that you have called us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. God's goodness remains even as the truth of the hurt and the brokenness is also there. And Jensen, Kimmy, um, we have a way to um, participate for our church to, to partner with you. And you already know about this, so this is not a surprise to you. But... Um, Wellspring family, we have a way of, of participating and staying in touch and contributing. Um, so I want to just maybe get that announcement out first, and then we'll do the <laughs> we'll do the prayer and benediction and spiritual stuff. This is very spiritual too, but information wise, um, there are ways for us to support the Kalua Ohana, and this will all be in the newsletter as well. Um, if you're if you're um, needing to see this again. But um, the website where you can find out more, I actually just went there this morning, 
and it's got a lot of good helpful timeline and specifics regarding prayer requests and um, way things will, the way things are um, shaping up for treatment. Um, www.caringbridge.org slash visit slash Kimmy Kims. So they have a specific page just, just for Kimmy and just for updates. So that'll be regularly um, not only updated, but a place where you can post your uh, support and prayers and anything you want to do um, encouragement-wise, you can type it in there. And then additionally, we have the option of contributing financially because if you've ever been through a health crisis, you know there are unexpected things that happen from day one. And they can be big, they can be small, they can be emotional, they can be financial, they can be geographical, they can be relational. Um, but in particular, if you want to contribute toward the expenses, there's a place on our website. So the same place that you go to give with Tithely, um, usually you can see a few options there. And so there's like the regular tithing option for the church budget. And then there's another one for love offering. So if you select the one that says love offering in the drop down menu under the fund that you can choose, then there's a way to um, to give and support the Kaluas. So I just feel led to, um, if if you, your family is willing to receive prayer at this time, um, I would hate to dismiss us all with the word of scripture for all of us without giving a specific um, word of prayer for you all. And um, anyone who wants to from the Kaluas community can also come up and uh, if it, if it's okay, we'll just... Lay hands on you and um, lift you up to the Lord. We know this is going to be a journey of, of twists and turns and plot twists, and this is only the beginning. Um, but Kalua family, we just want to say to you that um, the Lord has not abandoned you, and, and neither will we. And so we're in this with you together. So let's... Let's pray. And from wherever you are, if you're watching online or um, in your seat, feel free to just extend a hand of support and blessing and prayer. Lord Jesus, sometimes there are no words that can describe all that we feel or all that we face or all that we carry and all that we want to do. And we don't even know where to start sometimes but we thank you for your invitation to pray above all things and to seek you and to know that you listen to us. And so in this moment of prayer, which is just one of, of many times that we'll be um, praying in the coming weeks and days, we want this moment just to be a time where we lift up the Kalua family to you, Lord. We entrust them to your care, their, their present, their future, all the realities of um, news that happen and all the ways that they face this challenge. And we lift them to you with our love, with our care, with our aloha, knowing how much you love them even more. And we ask for their provision, Holy Spirit. We ask for Kimmy's healing. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would work through 
those who are taking care of her on the medical side of things, that you would provide for her every step of the way, that you would restore her body to be as you desire it to be, for it to be the Kimmy we love and know at her best. May we have many more years with this wonderful family and with Kimmy and with all that you are doing, God. We, we say thank you, knowing that you hold both the brokenness as well as the goodness in your hands, and it's not too much for you. And so for, for the Kalua family, we just, we just speak that goodness right now, and we speak your healing presence and your healing light, your comfort and that love that never lets us go. We thank you that there's nothing that can separate us from that love, and I pray that you would help us as a church, whether it's in the near future or in the coming weeks and months, to stay in touch and to stay present to what you're doing. Help us to know one step to be part of what you're doing, whether it's just checking in or helping out in a small way. Thank you that each of us have a part to play, even as we listen for, for what you're doing in, in our whole church's community life. And so we lift them to you, Lord. We give you thanks for Jensen's message this morning. We give you thanks for their example of faith and how they have poured into so many over so many years. May we join that community of saints. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.